The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 24th chapter. The Gospel is printed on the back of your bulletin, or you can follow along in your pew Bible on page 861. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? Word of God, word of life. You may be seated. The preaching text today comes from 2 Kings chapter 22 and 23. It is printed on the back of your bulletin. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. He reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jedidah, daughter of Adiah of Bozkath. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right or to the left. In the 18th year of King Josiah, the king sent Shaphan, son of Azaliah, son of Meshalem, the secretary, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to the high priest Hilkiah and have him count the entire sum of money that has been brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the threshold have collected from the people. Let it be given into the hand of the workers who have oversight of the house of the Lord. Let them give it to the workers who are at the house of the Lord, repairing the house, that is, to the carpenters, to the builders, to the masons, and let them use it to buy timber and quarried stone to repair the house. But no accounting shall be asked from them for the money that is delivered into their hand, for they deal honestly. The high priest Hilkiah said to Shaphan, the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. When Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, he read it. Then Shaphan, the secretary, came to the king and reported to the king. Your servants have emptied out the money that was found in the house and delivered it to the hand of the workers who have oversight of the house of the Lord. Shaphan, the secretary, informed the king, the priest Hilkiah has given me a book. Shaphan then read it aloud to the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded the priest Hilkiah, Icom son of Shephin, Akbor son of Micaiah, Shaphan the secretary, and the king's servant Asiah, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me, for the people, and for all of Judah, concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us, because our ancestors did not obey the words of this book, to do according to all that is written concerning us. Then the king directed that all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem should be gathered to him. The king went up to the house of the Lord, and with him went all the people of Judah, all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests, the prophets, and all the people, both small and great. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant that had been found in the house of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord keeping his commandments, his decrees, and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. All the people joined in the covenant. Word of God, word of life. 
Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. So this morning we hear about young King Josiah as he leads his kingdom back into a covenant relationship with God through the discovery of a book of scripture that had been uncovered during the renovations in the house of the Lord. During this time, God's people continued to struggle to stay faithful to God, worshiping other gods and not continuing that covenant that God had made with them long ago. And Josiah's legacy was returning the people to this covenant relationship. This is his reform. They go back to basics, so to speak, turning in a new way and following the commandments of God once more. And we are called to do the same through this story today, to turn in a new direction, to return to the commandments of God, specifically to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We've been talking all month about living generously, and getting serious about living generously requires a rethinking of our priorities, going back to basics like Josiah did when this book was uncovered. Last winter, I've shared with you before that the women's discipleship group went through a book called The Seven Experiment. And it was a really great way for us to try out some different variations on the discipline of fasting. And along the way, also evaluating our values and our priorities. At its core, the experience was about fasting from excess so that we could have more generosity toward our neighbors. And it covered seven areas. That's why it was called the seven experiment. Food, clothing, possessions, media, waste, spending, and stress. Some of the practices were easy and led to quick changes in habits in our households. And some practices required more time for courage gathering and listening for God. For many of us, those quick and easy changes led to closer listening for God and confidence to take on those bigger and more significant challenges as we continued those practices. Now, what was easy for some was not always easy for others, right? It was different. Uh, but the easiest practices for me were the ones about food and waste. We didn't give up food in the classic sense of fasting, but instead we took a look at our pantries, freezers, and refrigerators and committed to buying less groceries for the week and using what was already in our kitchens. It was pretty embarrassing to take account of all the things in our cabinets and in our refrigerators and freezers. And it took some creativity some nights, but other nights it was very embarrassing how well we ate at our house. I mean, when we looked in our freezer and our refrigerator and our pantry, we discovered that we had enough to make maple balsamic pork loin and Parmesan risotto without going to the grocery store. That's ridiculous. We didn't even know we had those ingredients to put that meal together. We've kept up that practice, not eating that meal every week, but uh, the practice of planning our menus around what is in our pantry and our freezer and our refrigerator. And at least once a month, we either don't go grocery shopping at all, or we go 
for very limited replenishing of groceries. Another easy habit for us to change was how much we were wasting. And we wanted to work toward more sustainable practices. So we don't use paper towels anymore at my house, and we use a variety of kitchen cloths instead. We send Lily's lunch in reusable containers, and we've invested in reusable freezer bags and sandwich bags and leftover containers. And so we hardly ever use a disposable plastic bag anymore for snacks or lunches or leftovers. This seven experiment has launched me into even more spiritual discipline, a desire to be yielded to God and God's will for me and my neighbors and the world, which has led me to more challenging practices. And it's led me to revisit the strategies that came with this experiment. The most difficult and convicting practice for me in this experiment, and one that I continue to be challenged by, is money. I am definitely a product of our culture, and I am easily swayed by advertising and the promises of an improved life if I only had more clothes or a better decorated house or the latest tech gadget or just more stuff in general, like in the beautiful magazine layouts. In this particular stewardship season, God has been pestering me and guiding me toward better financial stewardship so that I can be more generous to my neighbors. I've been paying closer attention to my money and have committed myself to a pledge that will stretch me, moving up 1% in my giving. This is going to take discipline on my part. It will mean less mindless online shopping. It will mean canceling subscriptions to unnecessary extras. And it will mean taking the time to think about how to better spend the money that has been entrusted to us in offerings and other ways so that we can support our neighbors near and far. Why? Why take on this challenging practice? Because I want my heart to follow my money to more than clothes, home decor, and toys that will eventually get thrown away. I want to be able to support our missions of the month in a more significant way. I want to invest in ministries that help my neighbors locally and around the world. I want my money to support the work of this congregation in proclaiming Christ in word and deed and striving for justice and peace in all the world. This call to Emmanuel has been the most incredible gift to me and my family. And I want the ministry of this congregation to thrive so that it can continue to be a blessing in our lives as a family, in the lives of the people of this congregation, and in our larger community of Wadena. So today, we're asking you for your pledge to live generously. How might you shift your priorities and your practices so that there is more to share? Where will you find unexpected abundance in the midst of going back to basics? Because that's the other side effect of this living generously. We discover abundance hiding in plain sight, like a fancy dinner just waiting in the pantry and the freezer. Like the loaves and fishes that Jesus gives thanks for, blesses and breaks for the 5,000 that had gathered around to hear his teaching, we too can give thanks for the gifts that God has entrusted to us. We can bless others with those gifts 
and turn a few small offerings into something extraordinary that shares those gifts with many more people. Whatever you can commit to today, thank you. Without this, without you, this congregation wouldn't be what it is. Your contributions of time, talent, energy, and finances make this an incredible place to learn and grow in faith, hope, and love. And it is not like this everywhere. That has been a refrain the past few weeks, and it is true. It is not like this everywhere. And so I give thanks to God for you and the gifts that you're able to share as together we grow in living generously. Amen.